0: Welcome fellas back to the deep dive podcast and we're on episode two of this whole like podcasting and it's the NHL off season, so it has been pretty dead it was content ideas just things to talk about but a team that I do want to talk about are the Dallas Stars and the fact that they're overlooked I don't want to say underrated but people just don't talk about them at all considering the fact that they're in Texas they were one of the best teams in all of hockey this past season Make a nice little playoff run, and at one point they were first place in the West for two, three months straight, and I didn't hear anything about them at all.
1: Yeah, no, they're one of the most under, you know, underspoken about playoff teams. You know, when when you think of you know the the top teams in the West, you're thinking Colorado, Vegas, Edmonton, L.A. You know, teams like that, but you never hear someone say, you know, who's a really good team? The Dallas Stars.
0: Yeah, and guys like Jason Robertson, Jake Ottinger got his flowers considering that he carried Dallas to Western Conference Finals appearances a couple of years ago. But outside of that, though, like, I mean, Jason Robertson, Jamie Benz, Tyler Sagan, like, they're still not talked about. Miro Heiskin falls criminal to this just as much as anybody else in the league that— People don't realize how good of a two-way defenseman this player is, and I think it's really, yeah, hockey's growing in the South and everything, but it feels like a lot of people ignore it because it is in the South, unless they win the Stanley Cup or make a huge splash, Dallas is just kind of there, and I don't, I don't like it. I'm not a Dallas Stars fan, but I'm also, I, you know, I don't mind them. I think that every good team should get their flowers on when they're playing really well, and the fact that Dallas got no recognition this past season and seasons before when they've made deep playoff runs, I think it goes to show you that it's criminal. And I now maybe people just don't talk about them because I don't know they're in Texas. Like I, I think that's a bad thing for the game now in a couple well not in a couple years but maybe five six years when hockey is even more prevalent down in the south are they being talked about i don't know but in five six years they could be one of the worst teams in hockey for
1: all we know yeah you know you're talking about all their young talent but you can't you can't forget the guys that have been there for a while like ben and sagan
0: i think partially of the being is that i don't know the stars just have so much young talent and even wyatt johnson too who Played phenomenal in the playoffs. I know he's coming off a rookie season where he played pretty solid, and I know Dallas Stars fans rave about this kid. That every time I see a Dallas Stars fan talk about their young players and up and coming players, Wyatt Johnson's first name got name on the list every single time. So Wyatt Johnson is a gonna be a core piece for this team, and I would be shocked if he comes in the sophomore season and really doesn't light it up. I mean, I can as as a I I didn't know a lot about Wyatt Johnson before the playoffs, if I'm being 100% honest. Did some research, and I honestly think a guy like Wyatt Johnson could put up 20 goals and maybe 35, 40 assists this upcoming season if he stays healthy, of course. I think that's a respectable number, and I think Jake Ottinger, as a candidate year after year after year, the past three to four seasons, and the fact that after—so he ended up carrying the Stars to a Western Conference Finals run a couple years ago. And everybody was talking about him. Oh, look how good Onderjur is. Is he the best goalie in the league? And now nobody talks about him at all.
1: Yeah, you no. Know, Jake Onderjur is one of the best young goalies in the league. And, you know, he, he's going to be for a very long time. But, you know, again, the star's success will probably fall on how good he plays.
0: Yeah, and he makes – now, Dallas' defense is really good, but – the same time though he makes up for a lot of the Stars mistakes you trust as a Stars forward defenseman whatever a guy out front in front of him you trust Ottinger if you mess up to bail you out and obviously you know Ottinger trusts the team to bail him out when he's not on his A game so I think that's a huge part on the Dallas Stars success and also they just they just quietly became what well didn't became but They quietly ended up becoming a top 10 scoring team in the league while being top 5, top 7 in the league in goals against. So that goes to show you how well-rounded and how deep the Stars team is. If I'm being honest, I'm actually really surprised that they didn't end up making a Stanley Cup Finals appearance already. Do I think they will this season, especially with adding a guy like Matthew Shane?
1: They they did. They they did make a Cup Final appearance recently. Oh, so In the bubble.
0: Okay. All right. We we talk about the NBA bubble the In in the bubble, they made a Stanley Sorry, guys. Sorry, Stars fans. I didn't mean to disrespect you like that. But adding a guy like Matthew Shane, though, I do think that they, they can get, I don't want to say get to the Stanley Cup Finals easy, but really leapfrog a team like Vegas who ended up adding all the Star power and paying all these guys. And now, is this the best chance the Stars have to win a cup?
1: It's definitely possible they may need another piece or two at the deadline, too. But I I definitely think if they do add, you know, another high-end piece, they definitely can make it.
0: The fact that the Stars came, I don't want to say came this close, but came, you know, we're one of the best teams in the league without Matthew Shane, and now you had a guy who can put up a point per game for you if he's on the top of his game, I think goes to show you that this team is poised to make a run, and I'm excited to see what the Stars can do now Am I confident that the Stars can make the Stanley Cup Finals? Yes. Am I going to bet on it? Probably not. However, if the Stars get hot, I think that nobody's stopping them. Ottinger is one of the best goalies in the league, and up front, your top six is absolutely strong with Jamie Benn, Tyler Seguin. I think Wyatt Johnson can get up there at one point later in the season. So
1: don't forget about Rupe Hens.
0: Rupert, oh, sorry, sorry. Oh, let's talk about Rupert Hintz real quick. I appreciate you bringing him up. The fact that he's in the list of guys with not now he's not up there in tears with Jason Robertson and Miro Heiskanen, but he's up there with guys that quietly put up really good seasons and no and everybody just rushes it off like it's nothing.
1: Yeah, you know, he's he's a guy that you know can put up eighty to ninety points, forty goals without even trying. He's he's just you know that you know naturally talented and gifted. at at the game of hockey.
0: He had a hell of a postseason. I know yeah. at one point well, he had twenty he had twenty plus points in the playoffs mm-hmm. and at one point it was like game three of the Stanley Cup finals or whatever, something like that. And he was still leading the postseason in points, or he was up there with Dreisidal. You know how nuts that
1: is? Yeah, Dreisaitl and McDavid or didn't play since the second round and we're still that high in points. Well that and the
0: fact that Rope Hans was up there too yeah, with yeah. McDavid and Dry Which you, you is impressive. Would, you
1: wouldn't you wouldn't think he would be you think you'd be in that, you know, like ten to fifteen point range. You
0: would expect a guy like Robertson from that start team to, to be up there, yeah. or you know, even Sagan if you know, he got really hot. You
1: know butt. who's who really had a disappointing playoffs? Jason Robertson. He wasn't scoring like he did in the regular season. Now, could that be because it's a tighter game in the playoffs? T- coverage is tighter, probably. But you think a guy that's putting up forty goals like it's nothing w- would be able to score?
0: Yeah, and I think that that just just goes to show you how good the Stars team is. Like, Jason Robertson didn't have a great playoffs, but the Stars ended up, what, making the Western Conference Finals, right? I believe. Uh, I don't know. Yeah. Um, But the fact that he didn't have a great postseason and the team still went on a run, it's like, that team has depth. And I think depth is what wins you Stanley Cups. You know, you can have all the star power. Like, look at the Leeds, for example. They have star power, but they don't have depth. Depth. They don't have defense. And guess what? Those they are don't the have and well, Samsonov was alright. Um, but the fact that they didn't have defense or physicality or anything like that and they just had, you know, six guys that can score and that's it, like that goes to show you how good depth and physicality and defense is in the playoffs. Now you don't want to go out there and get 55-60 hits because Paul Maurice ended up having his Florida Panthers and ended up getting like 55-60 hits or whatever. I don't know when it was. It was either the Eastern Conference Finals or the Stanley Cup Finals, and they out-hit the opposing team by like 35 hits, and they got blown out. So it's not about, oh, you can't over-hit. You kind of have to measure it out per se and play a physical game like if you get a chance to hit finish it but don't go out of your way to get a hit and then you get lost and it's a two-on-one the other way and it's a goal so that that's just my thing and the fact that the stars have a lot of depth i think is huge and that will carry them to a stanley cup finals appearance in my opinion this upcoming season but
1: yeah you know hitting it's it's kind of a double-edged sword in a way you know it's great to go finish a hit you know everyone wants to see you finish your hit but if you're a defenseman and you're pinching just just trying to make the hit and you don't have anyone covering you, then you, that's that's the wrong time to make a hit. Yeah, I
0: agree. But hopefully the Stars make a run, but we are going to move on here to ranking our top 10 goalies right now heading into the season, and I think there's a consensus number one right here in Andre Vasilevsky. Now, he's been a consensus number one for what, four or five seasons now, if I had to guess. Um... And this fact that he puts up elite stats year after year. And so, what are his stats here, real quick?
1: His stats this year? Yeah, this year. He was 34, 22, and 4 in 60 games. He had a 265 goals against and a 915 save percentage with four shutouts.
0: That? Now. A couple of things about this. One, the shutouts seem a little low. You would expect them to get higher, but the but this was a quote. If that's a down season for Andre Vasilevsky, like that's that's elite stuff right there. Yeah. Like I I heard pre like Andre Vasilevsky got off to a really hot start and tap and everything, but kind of cooled off and kind of got I don't want to say got lit up, but the fact that people were saying that he was having a bad season and he's still putting up basically a nine twenty save percentage goes to show you how good this goaltender is and the standards for him. Or through the roof. And he is, I don't, he has held this Tampa team together when they have gone through injuries. They've gone through depth problems. They, you know, and the fact that he put up, what was it? Their defense wasn't like the greatest this season. I mean, Victor Hedman was so good, but, you know, he's getting older. And obviously, Andre Vasilevsky is going to get older. So how long can he keep this up? I think the second that Vasilevsky starts to decline, like kind of fast, like you see SA percentage goes into like the. Nine oh nine, nine ten range, I think, is when Tampa starts to take a hit. And I, I think him and Kucherov are the two heart and souls of this Tampa team in my opinion.
1: Yeah, yeah, I can I can see the argument made for them too, but you know, Vasilevsky, you you know him. He's the best goal in the league right now. You know, it's not even close, you know. I, I think I hold Vasilevsky in his tier in a tier of his own, mm-hmm. and then like everyone's just below him.
0: I agree with that. Um, do you want
1: to do you want to read off the stats for all of them because yeah. I kind of can't see it? Yeah, go for it. So, our number two goalie is you know probably probably the best goalie last year. Who who won the Vesna last year?
0: Um, hold on, let me look that up real quick. Read off, read off because I,
1: I know it wasn't this guy. It was Ilya Sorokin. He played sixty two. Well, he started sixty games, played sixty two. He won thirty one. He went thirty one twenty two and seven with a 234 goals against a 924 save percentage and six shutouts.
0: That's a lead sum. I honestly, like, if it wasn't for Andrei Vasilevsky, obviously this dude could be the best, but honestly... Ilya Sorokin can be the best goalie in the league by the end of this season, especially if Vasilevsky's age really starts to show. And, by the way, it was Linus Almark that won the oh, best. Yeah. No. How could I forget? <laughs> Facts. <laughs> Put up a record-breaking season. Yeah, yeah. But, just honest, if I'm being honest, Sorokin carries that Islanders team. Yeah. Like, like if you want to talk about goalies carrying, I think there's only a couple goalies that have carried a team, and one of them is sorry, three goalies that have, and they'll be on this list for sure. Sorokin is one of them. And the whole King of New York thing, I think Sorokin and Sisterkin are like 2A and 2B,
1: in my opinion. Yeah, pretty much. You know, Sorokin, you know, without, without, the, without Sorokin on the Islanders, they're not as good. Because you saw them with just Varlamov. They, they I think they made the playoffs, but they didn't make really deep runs. No. So, I, I think, you know, Sorokin definitely is the second best goaltender in the league. And you just mentioned him. Now we're going on to Igor. In 59 games, he went 37 13 and 8 with a 248 goals against and a 916 save percentage with three shutouts.
0: That is the second goalie of who he carries the team, especially when the Rangers are struggling after they went out and got Patrick Kane and Vladimir Tarasenko, and they looked like shells of themselves. They didn't look elite. Now, they did play decently towards this end of the season. But come playoff time, though, they weren't good. And Shesterkin was the reason why the Rangers were in the second round. No, sorry, they weren't even in the second round. They got eliminated in the first round by the Devils. They were yep. up They were up in that series, too. I believe they were up, what, 3-2? Something like that. And they, the Devils ended up coming back. And I don't know. Like, there's been playoff runs where Shesterkin looks lights out. Like last season, for example. He ended up... that They were down 3-1 against the Penguins, and Shesterkin didn't look great. And then all of a sudden, he comes out, and he's just... Having a goals against average that's just barely one, a save percentage of nine fifty, and it's like when he turns it on. There's, I think, there's no goalie better than when he, when he turns it on. Honestly,
1: you know, I will say there is a reason he won the Vezina last year. He's just lights out when he needs to be. Not in the playoffs this year, but in the regular season, he's he's one of the best, and you know, he's been recognized for it. And next, we got UC Saros.
0: This is the third and final guy that I think single-handedly carries the team.
1: Yeah. So in 63 games, he went 33-23-7 with a 269 save percentage and 919 goals against and two shutouts. You know, with, with the, the way the, the, uh, the Predators played this year, I'd say a sub three goals against is pretty good.
0: <laughs> That's disgusting with that yeah, team.
1: Yeah, with the way that team played, definitely.
0: He was the reason why they were competing for a playoff spot with the Jets the last week of the season. Like the sole reason why. Now, obviously, not the, I, I guess not the sole reason why. You have your core players like Yosi. Uh, you had what? Ducan you had at Duchenne. the time. You had Forsberg. Like you had you had decent players, but like the depth was not there. The defense was not there, and the fact that he had a what two point eight four. You said. Two six nine. He had a two point six nine goals against average and nine nineteen save percentages. Is absolutely disgusting on this predators team, and the fact that the the predators, if they could right now and tear this all down, if they chose to, they could get a, a bag for Saros right now.
1: A hundred percent.
0: How old is he? He is. 28 uh, so he's 28 too he still has enough value for you to trade him but the preds are i know for a fact the preds are gonna end up trading when when he's like 30 although saros's contract is up after this season
1: right yes after this upcoming this upcoming season, season yes. yeah
0: so who knows maybe saros just walks maybe the preds are gonna trade him. we ended up making a different video on the whole pred situation but i don't know what's gonna happen with saros but the fact that you can get anything for him is absolutely nice it's, yeah. it's good for them
1: yeah um, I will also say, him being five eleven gives me hope that Devin Levi can be good at six foot tall. They've, there's
0: been a lot of goalies that are five eleven, six foot, six foot one that are not super heavy that have been elite tenders in this league.
1: And moving on to the next goalie that might be traded this off season, might not, probably walks. It's Connor Hellebuck. In sixty four games, he went 37 25, and two with a two forty nine and a nine twenty. With four shutouts,
0: the four shutouts kind of surprised me. I thought that would be higher a little bit, but, yeah, but the fa-
1: Jets were just atrocious most of the year. That is
0: true. I don't know how the hell the Jets yeah, they got snuck in the into the playoffs <laughs> by like, what a point or two. Um, like but Connor Hellebuck again. How old is he again? Twenty nine. Thirty. Thirty. Okay, so he's thirty. Um, mm-hmm. Again, that trade value is going to be dropping tremendously, especially you know with the age and everything. Goaltenders are like running backs, where once you hit thirty, you, you know you're you start to decline fast unless you're Tim Thomas. <laughs> um but the fact that Connor Hellebuck put up elite stats on this atrocious Jets team just goes to show you. Now, Jets fans are going to call us out be like, oh, they weren't atrocious. They made the playoffs. You made the playoffs with Connor Hellebuck. Like, 100%. Like, you had Mark Streifle, you had PLD, you had Kyle these Connor. guys, and you had Kyle Connor, too, who, you know, those are elite guys and everything. And then after that, the like, the depth drops off. And you haven't, if you haven't noticed by now, they're all about depth. That's how you win game. That's how you win playoff games. Like, you can get to the playoffs by all the star power, but once the games start tightening up, it's about what can your third and fourth line do to keep you guys in the game in in, in third pairing defensively-wise. If they can't keep you in the game, then it's wraps, and you're going to be knocked out in the first round. Maybe you're the Oilers and get knocked out in the second because you have two of the best players in the league, but still, though. Yeah. All
1: right. Next, we mentioned him previously. It is Jake Ottender. In 61 games, went 37, 11, and 11, with a 237 and 919 and five shutouts. A
0: 237 goals against average might be the grossest thing I've seen in a while, except obviously Lena Salmark, which you know, it's just I don't, not fair. It's not, it's not <laughs> fair. But Hottinger single-handedly can carry a team. We already talked about that, and the fact of the matter is that I wish people talked about him a lot more and. You know he's been talked about here and there and everything, but there's just like no recognition. Like if you want to talk about players that have little recognition, recognition, but their play is sky high, that's Jake
1: Ottensher for you. Yeah, and he's only 24, and he's only gonna get better.
0: The fact that he came into the league and lit it up when he was 22, going into 23, he's gonna have another four or five, six years of being elite, in my opinion. Yeah. Like the stars are gonna have a chance to compete every single year that he's an elite goaltender and even a good goaltender, too. But the to every year they he's on the team, yeah.
1: And here we go it's the $10 million man himself, <laughs> Sergey Bobrovsky. And he went, his honestly, his regular season stats weren't the best, yeah. It's his playoff stats were where really carried him, but in 49 games, he went 24 20 and 3 with a 307, a 901, and one shutout.
0: Bobrovsky, one, has been overpaid, right? Two, I think that... Now, this isn't based off of last season. Otherwise, he wouldn't be anywhere close to the top 10. But the fact that he ended up having in the same playoff run, I think is going to carry into this upcoming season. He's going to play a lot better. I I truly think that. I think the Panthers underperformed in a regular season this past season. Everybody except Carter Vahegi. We'll get to him later. But... Bobrovsky, I think, has the potential to put up a 9, 10, 9, percentage with, like, a 2.8 goals against the average this upcoming season. I wouldn't be shocked. I wouldn't be shocked if he competes for the top six. Now, do I think he will? No, but I wouldn't be shocked if he's up there by, you know, January 1st or so. Bobrovsky, hell of a playoff run. Going into the season, he's going to be a top goaltender in the league again. I, I truly believe that.
1: Yeah, definitely. And he's also a two-time Vesna winner. So that's, that's there to mention. And next, we got a guy fresh off a contract, or French off a contract year, that you know, first year with a new team. And it's Darcy Kemper. And in, he went 22 26 and 7 with a 287, a 909, and a five shutouts. Oh, Darcy Kemper had
0: a very, very underrated season this season. On a Washington Capitals team that was basically an average team. I mean, you had no, you basically had no defense. I mean, you had Orlov until the deadline and shipped him off to Boston, and he played lights out. He wasn't good on Washington. Carlson couldn't stay healthy for the life of him. (laughs) Was it this season that he took the puck to the ear? Okay, so yeah, so it wasn't really he couldn't stay healthy. It wasn't really his fault. Uh, (laughs) That's so funny to mention. But Kemper, though, on the really bad Washington team, ended up putting up solid stats. And when I looked up that, because I was trying to figure out, when I made the list, I was trying to figure out, like, what guys can we fill outside of the top seven? And I was like, let me take a look at Darcy Kemper. And I saw the stats, and I was like, I think he's worth the mention on this list. So he's on the list for reasons that I can't really explain except those stats that Hannah was just saying about.
1: Yeah. I, I do want to give a shout-out to him when he was in L.A. He only played, you know, 15 he only started 15 games but he went 10-1 and 3 in those games with a two ten and a 932. What year was that? 16 or sorry 17 18. So, you know, he ends up playing, you know, you know, it's it's a relatively small sample size, but 10-1 and 3 in a 932 even for like he was playing backup to Quick at that point. Mhm. That's just an insane for a backup to do that. Oh, for sure. All right, next we're going on who I wanted the Sabres to sign if they were to sign a goalie. We're going with Frederick Anderson. Went thirty three twenty one in a ele- or sorry, no, sorry, he went twenty one eleven and one. Sorry, I was looking at his games played. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> with a two forty eight a nine oh three and one shutout.
0: You know what those stats scream to me. That you didn't get a lot of shots faced on him yeah. with the two forty goals against yeah. and the 903 save percentage. Like, who is it? Was it, um, it was Bobrovsky who had a 307 uh yeah. goals against average and a 901 save percentage? Yeah. If Frederick Anderson got more shots than that, goals against would probably be closer to 2.9 or 3. Yeah. Um, but the fact of the matter is that he was on a Stack Carolina team, and I truly thought they were going to go to the finals, and they didn't. Um, but. Right. They've gotten better. They they truly have. They're my Eastern Conference team to go to the finals again for the third straight year. They have disappointed me every year. So, Carolina, please, for God damn it, pick it up. I appreciate it. But <laughs> Frederick Anderson, though, I think he can be a resident candidate if he really picks it up, especially behind this. Really, really good. I, I think this is one of the best defensive cores in the league, if not the best defensive core in the league. I... Uh, there's no way in how Frederick Anderson puts up stats that aren't great this season. And if there is, then I apologize for putting him in the top ten.
1: Yeah, you know, he has to, you know, unless he wants to lose his starting job, he has to. Facts. Because they still have Antiranta.
0: Who, well, who, who played well in his replacement? Like when Anderson was hurt for a little bit of the season, Antiranta played well. Yeah. Now he didn't play lights out. He wasn't, you know, Andre Vasilevsky back there. That's not what we're saying. But he played good. He played good enough to win games, yeah. and he's being threat. He's threatening Fred Canderson for his job. So, pick it up. Win a Stanley Cup for me, please and thank you. <laughs> All
1: right, now we're gonna go on to our our uh, underrated players of last season. <laughs> <laughs> Now, we're starting off with a failed Toronto Maple Leaf. He was traded twice.
0: Of course, he was failed in Toronto.
1: It's Carter Verhage. And, you know, he's a guy who's, you know, obviously, he absolutely blew up this year with 42 goals, 73 points, but he's a guy that has just slowly increased his production every year he's been in the league.
0: It's just this slow decline. Verhage had a decent playoffs. Had an outstanding regular season. I made, what was it, back in March or whatever, March 1st or March 2nd or first week of March, I made a short like short TikTok or whatever about how nobody talked about Carter Verhege. Sorry, it was after his 40th goal. And I I was like, who the fuck is this? Like, I I truly didn't know who he was before I saw everything about him hitting 40 goals. I was like, who is this? I looked it up. Stats aren't good, aren't good, pretty decent. And then, you know, this season, 40 goals, and he broke out. Now, I truly think he can hit 45 goals this upcoming season. If he plays 82 games or maybe 78, 79, I think he can get there. And I would like to see him pick up the assists a little bit to get the 82 points in 82 games to get to a point per game. I, I think he has a potential to do that. I think he also has a potential to get 90 points. Like, a 1 million percent. This development from this season it has been just truly remarkable.
1: Yeah, you know, it's insane. And I think Definitely, he could hit 45 goals just if he's playing on that first line. You know, oh, he's going to. It just seems like the puck hits hits the back of the net when when he shoots, and he
0: just and he just finds space, I
1: guess. Definitely a guy you want playing with Barkov. Oh, for sure. All right, next is is a sixth round pick by the Islanders, but I don't think he ever played for the Islanders. Let's let's have a look. See, no, he did not. It is Captain Jared Spurgeon. You know, who's a very quietly, like, very good defensive defenseman. Like, he's a very good 2A defenseman, but he excels at at the defensive side of the game. And even he he could put up, you know, 30 points a game. game. (laughs) (laughs) 30 points a game. Yeah, yeah, I wish. I wish that was a thing. Oh, man. He could put up 30 points a year and, you know, be perfectly fine. You know, his defensive analytics are always going to be good. And he's a captain. He's a sixth round pick, and he's a captain. How can you not, you know? How can you not like him, you know? How 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 come he's not talked about more? You want to know why? You want to know why? Because he's five foot nine and one hundred and sixty six pounds. Oh, well, that!
0: And because nobody talks about the Minnesota Wild either. Did you guys know that he? What I believe they had a hundred points this season.
1: Yeah, I think somewhere. Around
0: yeah, they, did you guys know the Minnesota Wild were one of the best teams in the Central? And nobody talked about it though. They were competing with the Avalanche for the second spot. I don't think they got it. I think they got the third. Um but still I I think Colorado, yeah, Colorado won the Central because they were um they had a facing Winnipeg in the first round. No, Vegas faced. Sorry. Winnipeg. Colorado faced Wild, sorry, uh Seattle. Yeah, they faced Seattle. Yeah, Seattle and then Dallas faced Minnesota. That crazy yeah. series. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, Jerry Spurgeon, though, I think the f- the fact that nobody talks about him irks my skin. And 30 points a game, <laughs> 30 points a <laughs> season, I think he can get to 35-40, honestly. If he can translate that to a defensive game to a all more offensive game, I think that would be, I think that would be great. And may, who knows, maybe he's one on this list, or maybe people start talking about him. I don't know. We'll see. No,
1: and... Next, it's a guy who's, I believe, finally reaching his potential. He wants a trade. It's Clayton Keller. With 37 goals and 86 points this year, I think he's finally, you know, blossoming into that player who was drafted seventh overall in 2016.
0: Clayton Keller had nobody on that Arizona team, and he put up 86 points. Yeah. Like, do you know how impressive that is? It was
1: only a minus two. (laughs) <laughs> and he
0: was only as a minus fucking two. You know how impressive that is? That reminds me of Jack, like, on the 2019-2020 team before the season got shut down, that he was carrying these Sabres now. You know, there's more talent on the Sabres than Arizona, I know, right? Surprising. Um, But the fact of the matter is that really bad teams, and Keller is just, hey, you know, like 86 points and 82 games. The fact that Keller can go to a— Contending team and make an impact right away. I know Ke- Keller knows what he's worth. He knows he can go to a contender and impact, whether it's on the first or second line. He doesn't care. He just wants to win. And I mean, the fact that Arizona is the worst franchise probably in all sports, maybe tied with the A's. But Clayton Keller, the, he's been he's a little bit of a late bloomer in my opinion, but he's finally started to get it get get it together a little bit. I'm happy for him. I honestly am. I want us to see him go to a contender and make some moves in the playoffs.
1: Yeah. Definitely, I I think when and if he's traded, he's he's just gonna take that even next step than he already has.
0: I think he will for sure.
1: All right, and uh, our next guy, it's uh, Elise You know. One
0: hundred and two points in eighty games, and I didn't hear shit. Oh, the only thing I heard from the Canucks are by how bad they are and how you know their dumpster fire, and we'll get to his teammate later, but. I didn't hear nothing about Pedersen. Oh, Pedersen's dropping this amount of points. He's having a hell of a season. Ain't nothing. Y'all better stop disrespecting the two players on these Canucks that we're talking about in this segment because I will come to your house and beat you up. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, 102 points. You know, you don't really hear about Vancouver. And, you know, he's just, you know, very quietly had a good season. I want to talk about his teammate real quick. Say screw it that we have on this list. Right, sure. I'll move him up. <laughs> All right. And uh, next, now we're talking about his teammate, JT Miller, who had 82 points in 81 games.
0: Underrated guy here. Now, him and Pedersen deserve to be on championship winning teams. I th- Miller has come out and talked about his frustrations with the Canucks more and more. I mean, obviously. But, like, Pedersen, though, kind of stays to himself. And Miller's like, yeah, like, I want to win. Like, you know, we're not playing good enough and everything. Now, I've heard, you know, some people come off, they think Miller comes off as, like, a dickhead and, like, pers- like player that doesn't try. He tries, but I think that he doesn't give enough effort because the fucking team's so goddamn bad. Like, you have Pedersen and Miller, and who else do you have? Quinn Hughes. Exactly. So, um, isn't Kuzmenko. Kuzmenko on that yet? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah though, but jt miller under extremely underrated, and the fact that he had 99 points uh in the 21 22 season and nobody said anything about that either is crim it's criminal man like these players that we're talking about i you don't hear one word about them unless you you know you talk like you're a fan of that team it just goes to show how disrespected a lot of players are in the league and yeah. stuff so all
1: right next we're going on to the goat uh the best player born in Phoenix, Arizona. And that's, uh, Tate Thompson. <laughs> I'm not wrong. Um, you know, 78 games played. Yeah, he was hurt. For four games. 47 goals, 47 assists, 94 points.
0: For all new, we know he could have put up under 12 game goals in those four games, right? Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, um, Page Now, I'm not going to be biased here. I promise, guys. Okay. Page Thompson has the potential to put up a 50-goal season. Yeah. He also makes he his teammates better. He he would have put
1: up. Okay. You know,
0: we don't goals. know. Maybe he goes score in like nah, those four nah. games. We don't know. We can go both ways,
1: right? The only There was, you know, even without those four games, he did go eight straight games without a goal. In he the did. Of the season. And also, stretch.
0: at one point in the season, he had a 25-game stretch where he had, like, 27, 28 goals, something yeah. like that. The Columbus game was part of that stretch, yeah, by was. the way. So, just one of course dad, it was. You know? <laughs> um but yeah, Tage though, Rock I think like if there was no such thing as Connor McDavid and saddle, he would win the Rocket Richard multiple times in his career. Yeah. Like I, mean, I, I truly he still think can. That. Yeah, but with Connor McDavid putting up one goal a game basically like Okay, I'm over exaggerating. It's like <laughs> 0.75 goals a game, but close enough though. <laughs> Uh, Tage, though, like nobody talked about him and Robertson. I put them in the same tier together because both America is Robertson from uh from California. Yeah, okay, so he's he's from the West Coast too. Yeah, um, both both players come from the West Coast. Both on well, I guess Dallas is a perennial playoff contender, but Tays on an up and coming pl- uh, playoff hopeful. I guess you can call them. And both putting up forty plus goal seasons, Robertson. I, a lot of people say Robertson's better than Tage. A lot of people say Tage's better than Robertson. It really depends who you talk to. Obviously, we're gonna say Tage. Yeah. Um, but both players, though, coming up together, I, I love the way they both play. They both make their teammates better. And it, honestly, I kind of wish that they were both going back and forth with like you know the best players in the league. Now, obviously, it's not gonna happen because there's there's this player you might have not heard of him before Connor mcdavid i don't know if you guys have before um but yeah so <laughs> yeah.
1: and uh next didn't know he had this many points we're talking about jason robertson
0: <laughs> they didn't know he how many what's, what's what's the stat line
1: 46 goals 63 assists 109 points i didn't know he had 100
0: yeah. points i thought he had like 99 or 100 yeah, i didn't no. realize he had 109 <laughs> a buck <laughs> yeah, nine no, i didn't either I mean, I guess that goes to show you. Maybe Robertson's better than Tage. Okay, I don't you know. Yeah,
1: he's a power play merchant. He's got forty-one power play points.
0: How many does Tage have? I'm actually curious. Tage
1: had thirty-four. Oh,
0: okay. All right, fair. He right. had well,
1: twenty power play goals.
0: Power play goal merchant, three. No, <laughs> <I'm> just playing. <laughs> um, Jason Robertson, one of the best players in the
1: game. Obviously, yeah, I think well, he's one of the best young up and coming players. Definitely,
0: dude. Like Jason, Jason Robertson. Remember when he just was kind of just there and he was like trying to develop and everything and he just couldn't get anything going and all of a sudden he just broke out out of nowhere. Yeah. And he can make his, he makes his teammates better too. It's fun to watch him play. The way that he plays, he doesn't play a physical style of hockey, but he just does it with all skill and it's very impressive to watch. I mean, very impressive.
1: Yeah, definitely. He's uh, he's only 23 and he has two back-to-back 40-goal seasons. So That's
0: nice. That. What do we have next?
1: Next, we have, you know, a guy who's, you know, been around the league his fair share. You know, not really. He's played for two teams. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's Oliver Bjorkstrand. You what? Know, well, he was on Seattle last year, right? Yeah, he, he went from Columbus to Seattle last Kay. year. 20 goals, 25 assists, 45 points, you know. He's just, you know, he's a guy who plays the game right. He's not going to put up a lot of points. But he definitely, you know, he's he's good in the locker room. He's good for, you know, for, you know anywhere from 35 to 50 points. Playing
0: on that third line on a really bad Columbus team, and he put up over a, about a half a point per game. Just goes to show you, I think that if you – now, Stan isn't a 1st sign type of guy. No way, Jose. Um <laughs> But you know, if you throw him on the second line, on you know, with better teammates and that, well, better line mates per se, I think that he can go for 55, 60 points. I truly think. Now he was on Seattle the past season, and that team had pretty good depth too. But at the same time though, you're playing on that third line, though, so you're only gonna you only have so much potential playing on the third line compared to if you're playing on the first or second. That's just you know how it goes, but. He put up 45 points on a very overachieving Seattle team, but I can see Bjorkstrand Bjorkstrand really keeping it up this upcoming yeah. season.
1: And now, here's a guy who has been around the league. He's been on four teams, we're going on to his fifth. We're talking about Daniel Sprong. You know, 21 goals, 25 assists, 46 points, 66 games. He I believe what was it? He had the highest goals per 60 out of any, you know, eligible player in the league. Yeah.
0: Daniel Sprong, okay, I don't want to say I paid this off season, but he got a pretty hefty contract.
1: What did he get? I think it was like a one year, right?
0: Yeah, I believe so. If I'm not one year like
1: two mil, you know, it's very you know bet on yourself, you know, kind of reset your value kind of deal.
0: Dude, if he plays 82 games this season and he gets 60 to 65 points, that dude when the cap goes up next season is gonna get four to five million a year. He's
1: gonna get paid. Yeah, I, I think
0: he can. I, I truly think he can compete. And I think he has the talent to do it. He's on Seattle, right? Or did he go somewhere no, else? He no, he went to Detroit. Detroit. He went to Detroit. Yeah. Playing on a very up-and-coming young Detroit team, he can put up those stats if he plays all
1: 82. Um, Jesus Christ. What? Um, I'm just looking. And <laughs> in the 2021 season, he put up a 17% like, percent, like, shot percentage. In 82 games? No.
0: No. Oh. no. In uh, 42. Oh, well, that's 70% and half the season is actually yeah. gross. That's Grody, you know?
1: And I. No, was that the bubble? Or was that the, like, half season, right? 2021? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was. was. Yeah, it was. Yeah, So, in pretty much what was almost a full season, he put up 17 shot percentage. Yeah. Grody. Yeah. And the last player we're going to talk about today, I know you're going to talk about him because he, like, he was on a power play with Connor McDavid and Leon Drysaddle, but but it's Evan Bouchard. You know he's a guy who, <laughs> in 82 games, eight goals, 32 assists, 40 points, but he's a guy who's really rounding out his game to be an all-around type defenseman.
0: This season was huge for his development, um, especially like in the playoffs. You looked at it. Now, granted, it's easy when you're the power play quarterback for McDavid and Drysaddle, and they do all the work, and even Newton Hopkins. But still, though, like, the fact that it's more than just offensive game. Like, his defensive game, he can play. He's not a physical guy, but he can hit. Like, you know, he hits t- from time to time. Does it say how many hits he had or no?
1: No, unfortunately. Right. I was trying to scroll over for a lot of these guys, and it wouldn't let me.
0: That's unfortunate. Um... Yeah, yeah, though. Evan Bouchard, I think he can take that offensive game to the next level, especially his vision his playmaking. I think it's going to be elite this upcoming season. I wouldn't be shocked if he can get to the 48 to 50-point range. I think he can really round out his game for sure, defensively, offensively, and become a top-tier two-way defenseman in this game. Yeah, yeah.
1: But I I think next year he'll probably put up 50 to 60 points. He'll... He'll definitely live up to that tenth overall Dude, pick. If
0: he if he gets sixty points, I think he should be top ten for Norris candidate. Easy. I mean,
1: I unless can
0: unless you have mad defensemen, but playing. you
1: know honestly, I do think. There should be a different award for offensive and defensive defensemen.
0: Oh, for sure. I think you should add the Norris, which is just, I think, I think there should be the Norris for his best overall defenseman, offensive, defense, whatever, right? Yeah, his overall defenseman. Yeah. And You shouldn't get the Bobby Orr award. I know he ended up bringing that up uh, on one of the videos. I don't know if it was a podcast or, episode, or uh, just a regular video about. However, they should have an award called the Bobby Orr Award where it's just the best offensive defenseman, which I think is honestly remarkable about how good that name is. I think that could work. But we're going on to the last thing here, and the NHL offseason this season feels different, and not in a good way. Not, not in a good way. I, am, I, am I tripping, or would you agree with me?
1: No, I, I'd say, you know, it's been very low event. Because I I think teams don't want to commit too much cap with, you know, the cap only going up by a million. So, a lot of these guys are going unsigned because they don't have, you know, realistic contract wants. Like, like, for, like, right now in this time.
0: And next season, the cap's going up tremendously. Yeah. So, I think a lot, like, a lot of these players, like, you saw, like, Matthew Shane took a one-year, what, three, three three-and-a-half million dollar contract, something like that. He knows he's going to get paid. like even if players get overpaid a little bit teams have enough money will have enough money next season to spend unless you're vegas um <laughs> <laughs> not a shot at vegas yes this. yes, yes. <laughs> but like there haven't really been any moves there haven't really been any trades and like you said it's part of the cap like a lot of teams are cap i i guess they're in a cap crunch because the cap barely moved this you know going into this season and teams are trying to make sure they have enough money so when next year's free agency class is absolutely gross their teams have enough money to sign them now how many of that, those guys are going to be signed to extensions by next july i don't know time will tell but most of these guys go unsigned i mean you got guys like Aho, matthews like the, the class is so absolutely gross that
1: if, you, if you're going to try and pry someone away from their team, you're going to need to overpay.
0: And the fact that the cap's going up when all those star players are going to be hitting the free agency market I, is a good thing for the league. I, yeah. I truly think so. But I would I, I would kind of wish that there would be more trades. However, I get it, and we're in the dead part of the NHL offseason, and I, I'm i just waiting for even training camp to be yeah. start by now. Or, like... Between like so, between like the second, and third day of free agency, and like September first, is the part where it's just like nothing in hockey goes on. Yeah. Like, there's no yeah. trades. There's and,
1: a couple signings, you know. You, we still have a lot of, you know, a couple like high end free agents like Tarasenko, Kane, Dumba. I mean, Kane's probably not going to be signed till around you know that September October time. Yeah, just because he is recovering from surgery. Mm-hmm. But still, he's there. You could probably you could probably work out a deal that you don't sign till later in the season but um it it's just really, you know, sitting and refreshing Twitter, you know, cuz you're just waiting for something to happen. And I'm
0: surprised Matt Dumber hasn't signed with anybody yeah. yet. I'm truly surprised. I thought he was going to be
1: gone day one. Yeah, I I thought, you know, he's the best right-handed defenseman. I mean, I guess you can argue like Gudis. Yeah. But like he's the best two-way right-handed defenseman, you know, that was available. I thought a team like Winnipeg would have snapped him up like that.
0: Yeah, but they didn't. So yeah, I don't I don't right. know what's going on. Also um,
1: also, you know, Americans don't want to play in Canada. Really? Have you realized that? You know, a lot of the Americans that, you know, were playing in Canada, they're leaving Canada. Sorry,
0: Toronto fans, tell us not, not. awesome Matthews fans.
1: <laughs> no, no, I was talking about like Goudreau, Kachuk.
0: Oh, I know, but I'm just saying in general. No. Matthews, Matthews is a goner. Is, he's he's, he's not a bug on. He's come
1: to sign a one year, one million dollar deal. To one year, one million dollars. He's winning a cup. He wants to play for Donnie. He'll do whatever it takes. Dude, dude, imagine League minimum. Ima-
0: imagine Kevin Adams goes to and Donnie, Donnie G go uh, talk or whatever with like the rest of the front office. Like, hey, we'll sign Matthews to seven years, $12 million.
1: Seven years, one million dollars. Seven years, one million dollars. <laughs> No, I, I mean, if if Matthews is gonna like cup chase, you know, if you're looking at a team to go to, why not take a year, take a one year, you know, like mid, like six, seven million? I, with I don't think Matthews is gonna cup chase, but, I think he's
0: gonna, I think he's gonna try to get. I, I mean, know he's already reports. got his back. I know, but I'm like, I know there's reports saying between like twelve to fourteen million, yeah. but I would not be shocked if Matthews is gonna want fifteen million dollars. Oh, yeah.
1: He's going to. I mean, he's going he's gonna to say, I've scored 60 goals in this league. Greedy bastard. <laughs> <laughs> you know, there's only two players in this league that are truly worth $15 million, and it's Dryside and McDavid.
0: And Dylan Cousins. What the hell? All right, buddy. <laughs> I'm just playing. Shout out so my boy Dylan. I, yeah, I wish he'd this He's got to put one up day.
1: 150 points and 70 goals to be Dude, worth
0: if, I'm, if Dylan Cousins comes out and puts up 100 points this season, in, if he does that, I will... Jump in Lake Erie in the middle of winter, so it had to be the following December yeah. or whatever after he yeah, yeah. drops. Jordan Greenway
1: seventy point season. In
0: okay, all right, we can com- we can comment down a little bit here. Um, Connor Sherry one hundred twenty point season and coming, you know.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, mine was more realistic. I said seventy.
0: Connor Sherry one hundred twenty points is realistic. What are you right, talking buddy. about?
1: <laughs> <laughs> where did he sign? He signed somewhere.
0: I don't know where he signed. All I know is that he just went in the Cup this year and he's funny. carrying.
1: So did he sign in Dallas? I don't know. I don't know he where signs, he signed. No, he's. I think he signed in Tampa.
0: The easy cup for Tampa. They got the best player of all time in Connor. Yeah, 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 yeah. But
1: anyways, though, you
0: you got anything else to add? I do not. All right. Well, we appreciate you guys stopping by, and all of our socials are down below if you guys want to check those out. And the subscribe button, like button is there as well. And we'll see you guys in the next episode.